SMJ Radio. I'm your host, Monty Oberg. And today we're talking about millennials, which is a subject that I am sick of, which is why we're talking about it to kind of dispel some of the myths and uh, talk about what a millennial actually is versus what a boomer is, uh, get those generations defined, but then also to dispel some of the stereotypes and give you guys some suggestions on what you can do in your office to make sure that you know everything's working smoothly between the uh, the generations that you have uh, working at your company. And to do that, I am joined by Pam Scott and Wes Gay, uh, who I'm going to let them introduce themselves so I don't mess up anything uh, with their with their resumes. So, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks. Um, yeah, thanks. So this is Pam Scott. I've had my own company for about 20 years. Most of that time I've been working with architects and engineering firms focused on communications and managing people. I also write for the PSMJ Journal. I've been able to do that for a couple of years now. Uh, background education, a master's in education and human um, development and a BA in communications. Wes? Yeah, I, uh, I'm i a millennial as well, Maddie. So you and I are both sick of this topic, but it's a topic we still need to talk about. Um, I am a executive coach with a coaching firm here in Atlanta, Georgia, also a consultant with organizations finding out or helping them uh, recruit and retain great millennial talent. And then I also am a contributor, a regular contributor for Forbes.com, and uh, my focus there is the same thing as my consulting work, which is uh, talking to companies to find out what they're doing uh, to to recruit and retain great millennial talent. What are the changes they've had to make in their practices in order to better engage and better reach uh, this generation? Because as we're going to talk about, uh, we have to have the conversation simply because we're at a time in history where there's a massive generational shift going on in our companies, and if we're not preparing for it now, then our future uh, companies could be uh, could look very different and could be challenged to to grow and develop and to, to strengthen their own business. Excellent. So, with all that being said, let's uh, let's get right into it and start talking about this. You know, as as you as I said earlier and you said earlier, I'm. I'm sick of hearing about millennials. I feel like it's just a buzzword that people that people throw around uh, to try to explain, you know, whatever issue they're having if it's with a young person. Um, so, what? I guess my main question is, uh, what's the main what's the main message you guys want to get across about millennials and millennials in the workplace? Because they're they're not going away. We're not going away uh, anytime soon. Um, I think the the main thing we want to get across to the boomers, the millennials, Gen Xers, anybody who's listening, is really that we're all tired of the subject. And the reason Wes and I are here today is to help uh, business owners make sense of the noise, dispel the myths. And then build on the strengths within your company of all your generations. Let's start with acknowledging that we're products of the time that we grew up in. Our experience are what shapes the generation. So we can waste time and energy harping about the differences, or we can use everyone's strengths 
to build our company's increased productivity, of course, profitability. So that's what we want to work with today is to dispel the myth and give you ideas about how to do things differently. Yeah, as Pam said, there's a lot of myths out there. And, and Maddie, you and I have already said that um, we're kind of tired of the millennial noise because it is such a buzzword. And I think it's a buzzword because of how much content gets put out about millennials online and in the news stories. People are trying to fill space, and so they immediately target the millennials. But we have put filters, we've put labels on these generational titles that are really unfair and unhelpful. And we're going to address a little, learn a little bit how to clear those up. But uh, there's a lot of stories we could talk about as far as uh, giving you an idea, maybe illustrating for the listeners what uh, we what these differences mean. But I think one of my favorite ones, uh, and Maddie, you probably remember this from me, about a, it was about a year and a half ago, uh, Kanye West, the hip-hop star, uh, comes out with a new song, and he collaborated with Paul McCartney. Now, obviously, most people, if not everybody on this call, realizes that Paul McCartney has been playing live music and recording music for 55 years or more. Uh, he's a legend in the music industry, one of the greatest songwriters and composers, I would argue, in history. Uh, brilliant bass player and songwriter for the Beatles. And his, after the Beatles broke up, he's gone on to have an incredibly successful career. But the funny thing about that story was the day that song was released, millennials on social networks like Twitter and Facebook were commenting about how great it was that uh, Kanye West was giving a platform to this old guy to be able to get his music out there and was giving opportunities for uh, this old guy that was unfamiliar to music uh, a chance to to collaborate and get a song out there. And the irony is Paul McCartney's been doing this and has been successful at it for longer than Kanye's been alive, probably twice as long as Kanye's been alive. But it was like we just weren't, our millennials for some reason just weren't aware of what we were saying. We didn't realize that uh, that we were really dealing with a legend here. We're really dealing with somebody who has, I think, single-handedly changed music in the mid-20th century in America uh, but yet we all we saw was an old guy, and we made the millennial Kanye the hero. And the reality was there's far more to that whole story than just an old guy and Kanye helping out the old guy. Uh, I mean, Matt, you probably remember that story too, right? Yeah, I remember that, and I, 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 I knew who Paul McCartney was because, uh, like you said, I mean, he's from the Beatles. He's been doing this since yeah. long before I was born, and it was unfortunate that. I mean, it's it's fair just because he is an older guy. To, that there are some people who aren't going to know who he is, but it's it just did not make me feel super great to see all these dumb tweets and Facebook posts <laughs> like, "Yeah, who's this old guy?" But uh, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of sad a little bit. Um, before we get move any further, though, I think it'd be important for us to just for a reference point for our listeners to define what the different generations are just so that everybody knows what we're talking about uh, with what a millennial is versus what a boomer is versus what a what gen gen x gen y i can't remember what what comes after boomer uh or before boomer just so that everybody has that frame of reference um so there's no confusion yeah uh you know that's an interesting conversation because everybody you ask has a different definition as to which where the generational breaks are um, prior to baby boomers, it's often referred to as the greatest generation. 
uh, and just for those who like numbers, they they were born until about 1946. Baby boomers, like we're talking about today, uh, the general overall consensus is they were about 1946 to 1964, and then Generation X, so is about 1965 to roughly 1980, and then Generation Y is the name for the millennial generation. And there's there's some dispute as to the range, but the the more traditional or the more common range is 1980 to 2000. So just to put that for your listeners in terms of, of actual ages, you're talking if anybody on your team or in your company is anywhere between the ages of about 16 and 36, then they fall in the millennial generation. Now, we could even talk about how there's uh, kind of – there's really different versions of the millennials because the ones born in the 80s are different than the ones born in the 90s. But we won't go into all those nuance. But Generation Y, also known as the Millennials, are roughly 1980 to 2000. And then from 2000 to the present day is what's called Generation Z. So those are students who are at the oldest, you know, 16, 17 years old. They're in high school. Uh, Generation Z will be an entirely different conversation for your listeners in a few years once they get out of college and enter the workforce. Uh, but those are the most common and probably the most widely accepted date ranges for the different generations. Seems like it's got some some pretty big gaps because I mean I'm 23 so I fall into that millennial generation but then there's somebody else who's you know 36 who I would <laughs> consider even if they are a coworker with me to be a generation above me just because they've been in mm-hmm. the workforce for for much longer but that's that's a different that's kind of a different topic but we might we might get there um, later on in the conversation. Yeah, I will say, too, before we move on, there's a the misunderstanding about millennials. There's this stereotype that the millennial is mid-20s, lives in the, the major urban cities like Atlanta and New York City and L.A. and things like that, and they're single, and they don't own a car because they always take Uber. And we've even got a stereotype of millennials that's wrong because, because millennials are numerically the largest generation, so there's roughly 80 million millennials right now in the U.S., uh, we've we've got to realize it is a very it's it's a vastly diverse generation as well, uh, but we're going to talk about there are still some general characteristics of millennials that are very applicable to uh, your listeners and Pam and I are convinced that uh, these things will really help uh, your listeners and their teams work better together. Wonderful. Uh, so let's get started and just talk about um, what are some of what are some of the myths. Um, surrounding uh, the millennial generation and the boomer generation, too. Well, let's start off with technology because that's the first subject everybody brings up. The the biggest myth about technology, um, as Wes and I see it, is that the boomers are out to lunch when it comes to technology. I mean, we've had to learn this constantly evolving world of technology every day. There's something new coming out. Um, but, and, and we'll come back to it later, uh, but, you know, we started out with a manual typewriter, which most millennials haven't even seen, and um, and we've had to update it, update our skills repeatedly over the years. So the, the myth is that you can't handle the technology. Wes, you want to? Talk about yeah. millennials. Uh, on the millennial side, the myth is that we're digital natives and we don't know how to exist outside of the digital world. Uh, this thought that we have grown up with technology, that the, the massive shifts in 
uh, our world because of technological changes, uh, the assumption is that we only know how to exist in the digital and don't know how to exist anywhere else. Uh, while it is true we have a high level of comfort with technology, particularly new technologies or new uh, software or new devices or whatever, uh, the reality is not all not all millennials are going to be the premier technological experts in their companies. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I know some. I know I work with plenty of people that are much older than me that are much more uh, up to date with. Uh, with some current technology trends um, just based on what they do for a job. Are there any others? Cause I think you know, the technology one is, is definitely, is definitely the obvious um, myth that people would gravitate to, but what are some, what are some more one or what are others that might not be the first thing people think about? One of the um, things that boomers probably hear the most complaints about from their millennial employees is feedback. Feedback is a hot topic between the generations. And the reality is that the baby boomers created these annual performance reviews. We inflicted this upon ourselves and future generations. And we hate them just as much as everyone else does. But the reality is that's how companies function. So the mindset, the myth, is that boomers don't know how to give feedback in any other way than through an annual performance review. And that's just not true. And we'll come back to that shortly too. Yeah, it's like Pam said, uh, I think everybody in today's world wants feedback. You know, technology has changed the game into how uh, how companies function and really how, how society is because things are so rapidly advancing, it's rapidly changing. And I think millennials have been pretty vocal um, about their desire to want more feedback so that they can know how to adjust and do their jobs better. But the myth on feedback is that we're the, the trophy generation. Everybody thinks that we just got participation trophies for showing up. And while we did get participation trophies as kids, Maddie, I don't know if you played in Little League as, when you were younger, but if if you did, I did. And I don't remember buying my own participation trophy. I remember being given one by adults. Uh, and all I was given was positive feedback and was told I'm great, I'm special, whatever. Uh, but the myth is that that's all that millennials want is just to be told how special we are. Uh, the reality is that couldn't be farther from the truth as a whole in our generation. And, of course, just to follow up with that, as a boomer, my kids are the millennials. So we're the ones who laid out the money for the trophies. Um <laughs> Another, you know, so we created the problem. Another big issue for the generations is uh, the beliefs in career paths. The boomer mindset or the myth is that you have to work your way up the ladder because that's how the boomers had to do it. I can go on ad nauseum, but I'm not going to waste our time. Uh, the concept is it takes time to, to rise through the ranks. You have to you know, you have to put in your time. We're not going to promote you if you're not really doing a grand job and if you haven't spent the required number of years in that position. And that's just not true. And I've seen it with many of the companies that I've worked with. Um, but I'll, I'll let Wes comment now on the whole seat, on the career stuff because, again, it's a, it's a hot topic. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of data out there that talks about 
millennials more than likely won't be in the same job they're in now in two to three years. And non-millennials see that as, oh, our generation is indecisive or we're unsatisfied or we're unsettled. But people forget, again, when you look back at uh, the fact that we're part of the times we grew up in, the oldest of the millennials were getting out of college, entering the workforce when the dot-com bubble burst in the very early 2000s. And then a lot of millennials got out of college right around the time the housing market collapsed, and it was the recession in 2008-2009. So we've grown up with those things. We've grown up with major corporations like Enron Folding and others. And then now we're living in a world where we realize there's also some instability. So we don't see working for the same company for 30 years anymore because the reality is no generation is doing that. Instead, millennials do want to get promoted. They do want to advance to the organization. They just think differently about it. Uh, and so the myth is that millennials uh, don't want that. The myth is that uh, they don't want to work, do the work to get ahead. They just want to be handled things, handed things. And uh, I know this word drives me nuts, Maddie. It probably drives you nuts too. The whole word of in, the whole idea of millennial entitlement. That some millennials think just because they show up to work, they ought to get promoted. But most of the ones I know are wanting to know what do I need to do to get promoted. I want to advance. I want to have. I want to go through a career path. I just need to know exactly what that path is and how I can earn that. Yeah, I hate I hate that whole entitlement thing. I, they're de to be fair, they're definitely I I know some people who uh, definitely have an aura of entitlement. Um, but you're absolutely right. For the most part, people people want to want to work hard and want to do their best and want to want to get promoted the right way, um, which is just through through hard work and and uh and stuff like that but now that we've kind of assessed some general myths that uh, are are present when discussing millennials and boomers uh do you guys have solutions for what uh companies can do or millennials can do or boomers can do or whoever can do in their company to to try to overcome these myths and or stereotypes, if you want to call them that, uh, and work uh, better with each other, because I mean, if you're if you're stereotyping your the people you work with, it's you're gonna have assumptions about how how well they're gonna perform, and it's probably not gonna work out super great. Yeah, we'll start with the technology one because that was the first of the myths we talked about. Uh, I think. Millennials and boomers need to realize that age does not determine your comfort or skill level with technology. It's not like the younger you are, the better you are at, at you know, at using technology. Like, for example, when I was growing up, uh, the most technologically advanced person I knew was my granddad. I mean, he'll be 85 next month, and he has an iPad. He FaceTimes every now and then with us. He, he, my mom sent me a video. He got a new exercise bike recently because his doctor told him to, and he took a selfie video on the iPad and emailed it to his doctor, and he's almost 85. Uh, so it's it's really kind of, it's really, it's amazing. Uh, but I think in the workplace, we assume that just because somebody's a certain age, that means they're, the older they are, they're probably more a technological idiot. But millennials need to remember that the people who created the iPhone, right, so Steve Jobs and his team, a lot of those folks were baby boomers. You know, Bill, Bill Gates, 
who founded Microsoft and the Windows operating system that's ubiquitous in the workplace now was a baby boomer. I mean, there are a lot of people, the, the guys who founded Pixar Animation Studios, all baby boomers. So we've got to remember that a lot of the people who have led technological change in the last 20 years were baby boomers. A lot of people still leading those companies are still baby boomers, leading with great ideas and innovative ideas. So we need to we need to remove the thing that just because you're older means you're less familiar with technology. And we and the other side of it is just because somebody's younger doesn't mean they're they're super proficient when it comes to technology. And Pam was telling me the other day of somebody that she knows who's in her early 20s who had to be told how to open an email attachment, which sounds like a pretty common thing, but she didn't know how to do it. I've seen people who could barely use an iPhone that are in their 20s. I mean, it's it's a little crazy, but the reality is just because somebody's younger doesn't mean they're going to be the, the technology guru of your office. Uh, so the first thing is for technology, you've got to realize that age is not a direct indicator of somebody's skill or comfort level with technology, and it goes both ways. Yes, and I've, you know, Wes mentioned his grandfather. We're going to celebrate my father's 89th birthday in a couple of weeks, and he just got a new computer because his was old, and he has been amazed at being able to talk to our daughter, who is going to school outside of Paris right now, and my dad, we're sitting in a, uh, IHOP, and my dad's talking to Allison as if she was right down the street. And he's quite amazed by it, but he's happy to use it. I think the another part of the technology thing is boomers assume that just because somebody has their phone out that they're not working and that um, that they're Facebooking or whatever. And I just don't think that's fair to anybody. My husband, who, of course, is a boomer, is on his phone all the time. He reads everything on the phone now as opposed to getting on a laptop or a desktop and reading things online that way. He reads it on his phone. So one of the suggestions I would have uh, for moving forward is that companies decide or a manager decides how he wants technology used, say, in in a team meeting. If you're going into a team meeting, does everybody have to have their, you know, laptop uh, or their iPad or something in there, and and to set up some ground rules. And then if a question comes up during a meeting, ask one of the millennials to, hey, Google it, would you? See what see what you can find out about this. So give them a chance to demonstrate their abilities by using the technology that they're so comfortable with. And one last thing about the technology is that if boomers don't know how to text, please talk to your children or grandchildren and learn how to text because our kids will answer emails at work, but beyond that, we have to text them. It, I, there's no point sending an email because it doesn't get looked at. So it's just another avenue for communication. What about with, uh, I know the next thing that we talked about was was when it comes to feedback uh, in an office setting, what about with how should uh, companies approach that? Uh, I mentioned in the beginning that I've I've been a I'm now a re- regular contributor to Forbes.com, and as I'm started talking with different companies and asking them what they're doing 
as far as engaging and retaining great younger talent, one of the things that keeps coming up is companies of all sizes. I mean, I've, I had lunch with a guy just the other day who he and his wife run a company of about six. It's a social media marketing company all the way up to one of the world's leading technology companies that employs 400,000 people. The, 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 the consistent theme there is feedback. Now, they both have different ways they approach it, but they both place a high value on it. Um, and the whole idea is that in the ever-changing world of business, at the rapid pace things seem to be happening, you have to give more regular feedback so that people can know if they're working on the right things. I know, uh, as Pam mentioned earlier, the problem with the annual reviews is I only find out once a year if I'm doing things that are right. I only know once a year if my goals are lining up with my not only my job description but the overall kind of vision and direction of the company. But now what companies, successful companies are starting to do is offer feedback on a more regular basis. It doesn't have to be, you know, a weekly, hour-long feedback session. It could be quarterly. It could be monthly. Uh, but statistics prove that employees that are that meet with their manager on a regular basis, even just once a month, uh, are more than twice as, li- twice as engaged in their work. So if companies want to really overcome this, the first thing they need to do is figure out how can you create a system where you offer feedback on a more regular basis. Point out, feedback can be both positive and, and critical. So point out what somebody's doing well, but also offer points of improvement. Uh, if you're a manager or you're a team leader, uh, then look for opportunities to ask when maybe regularly or even during after a project is finished to ask for or give feedback to your team. And if you're a millennial who uh, doesn't have people that you lead, but you still want feedback, the best question I think you could ask came from a millennial employee I interviewed from a, a leading technology company that everybody on the call would know. Um, and she said that she now asks, asks every time she finishes a project or presentation, uh, what is one thing that I could do better? And that's a great question because it really focuses the person you're asking to just one specific thing. It doesn't, they don't have to. They don't have to kind of fumble around. It doesn't put them in an awkward spot. It lets them know two things: one, uh, that you value their opinion; two, that you want to get better. And I think that millennials as a whole do want to get better at our jobs. We just need to know what's working and what's not, and we need to know that on a more regular basis. Yeah, I and, like what. Or can I, I just want to say quickly, I like what you just said because that's also just going to force you to learn how to take criticism. Uh, consistently, mm-hmm. and, and that can be a tough pill to swallow, but you're right. You absolutely will get better at your job. Uh, Pam, I'm sorry I, c- I cut you off there. That's fine. Um, one of the things that I've seen over the last 20 years working with A&E uh, firms is that we give feedback based on feedback was given to us, and very, very, very few people are really taught to give good feedback. So if you had a manager who gave you feedback in a pretty, I could fill in lots of words there, but let's say disgusting fashion, that's what you've learned. And we end up perpetuating um, those feedback practices. So if we can interrupt that process and start teaching people how to give good feedback, it'll be easier for everyone all the way around. One of the things that I heard from a Vistage speaker uh, one time, and I wish I could remember the guy's name so I could give him credit, he had an exercise that I call the 10 pennies exercise. And this is for 
those managers, um, owners, higher-ranking folks who have the attitude that why do I need to tell them they're doing a good job? That's what I pay them for. And the idea is that you start your day at 10 pennies in one pocket, we'll say your left pocket, and the way you get the pennies from your left pocket to your right pocket is to tell someone, good job. doesn't have to be a long conversation. You can just say, hey, you did a good job on that, or I appreciate the effort you put into that. And when you say that, you can move the one penny each time to your right pocket. When I've used this with clients, I've had them first beg off that they couldn't do 10 pennies in a day. They could only do five. So we'd let them try with five. And then one one, one afternoon about 4.45 and said, I still have eight cents in my left pocket. And it's like, well, you better get busy, bud. You know, and he went around in the next 15 minutes and gave everybody nice words of advice. So that's a technique that is a tool that might help those who have trouble telling people you're doing a good job. Another idea is to use the huddle concept, which is written about a lot in the press, although it's actually been a long-standing business practice for many years. And that's let's meet in in a hall or break room, wherever you can talk, and stand for 15 minutes and exchange ideas, give feedback. And that way, if it's you're standing and you limit it to 15 minutes, but feel free to use a timer, that um, it doesn't go on ad nauseum. It doesn't turn into a 45-minute meeting. So that's just another way is to put some structure around how you give the feedback and, and where uh, that can help boomers or who are used to the idea of we're only going to tell you once a year what, how you're doing that can give them a tool to use to to give the feedback that the millennials want. What about with uh, with career development? Um, you know, they could be. Uh, we talked about it earlier that you know millennials just want to jump ahead, and maybe they're, they want to just jump uh, between the, you know work a job for a year and then move on. Um, what are what are some things that companies and people in those companies can do to uh, to help people? I guess in all all aspects uh, develop in their career. Um, as I said earlier, our generation has grown up seeing companies go under, and there's been this shifting nature of the marketplace really over the last ten or fifteen years. And millennials do want to grow in their careers; they don't want to stay stagnant. Uh, and a lot of times, what gets misunderstood, I think, is uh, over excitement or something is really millennials just wanting to know how do they get to the next step. Like they they know where they want to go in their careers. They just want to know how do you get there. Um, so I, one thing that companies can do is clearly define, hey, here's how you get to the next step. Here's how you get promoted to this, or here's how you get the things that you want in a career. I spoke with a, a gentleman two weeks ago who's a has been an HR consultant and studying generational trends in the workplace for 20 years. And he said that now what you're seeing more companies do is is set up basically a transactional mindset with millennials particularly. And it's this idea that the company says, uh, hey, if you want to make more money, if you want to have uh, – if you want to work remotely sometimes, some of the time, if you want to get promoted or if you want a different position in the company, here are the steps to do it. Here's a clear path to get to what you want. And so the millennial has something to work towards. I, I As I mentioned earlier, I had – 
spoke with a gentleman last week who runs a small social media company, marketing company. And he said one of the things they've done is obviously everybody wants to make more money in their job, so they have a commission structure. If one of their employees lands a big account or lands an account at all, that employee gets a commission, and there's no limit on the commission they can make based on getting new accounts. They just have to own that as if they own a small company that then runs that account. So it's this incentive to to figure out how you can make more money. I've read other companies who were having clear paths toward uh, other jobs in the company or even things like uh, flexibility with your hours or working remotely, things like that. So give people a clear path to where they want to go. And for millennials, uh, I would say kindly ask your manager or your leader how you can get those things. Don't walk into their office and say, I want to work from home twice a week. Give it to me. Instead say, I'd like to know what what you expect or how I can earn your trust or how I can earn the opportunity to work remotely one or two days a week or what are ways in our company to earn more money through different compensation structures or commissions or raises or bonuses or what have you. Uh, I would say just ask. Be nice about it. Be gracious. Uh, and let the, let your leader know you're willing to put in the work to get to where you want to go next. And Wes and I talked actually before we got on the call the idea about the idea of setting realistic expectations for career development. Um, I know someone who was recently promoted to manager, and he's like, "I have no idea what I'm supposed to do." Uh, he he. It was just like, okay, hi, here you're a manager now. Have a nice life. And that happened to me when I was 23, and, and that's not the way that we can help people learn and move up in their careers. So one of the things that um, I've been focused on is breaking down the subjects, topics that um, young professionals need to learn about in order to move up the, to their career we like to break those topics down into smaller chunks. So the best way for someone to learn, um, for example, time management, is to tackle time management in small steps till they can get good at it and then go on to the next step. So, okay, I've got time management down. What do I need to do next? What prioritization? People prioritize based on different criteria. The idea is to break those learning objectives down into smaller chunks where young professionals can tackle them and then move on. And that way they're seeing small wins over time that will lead to the big win. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, for We're actually, though, we're running out of time. So you, it's clear that you guys have uh, a lot of, of knowledge on this on this subject. Um, so for people that are that are listening to this and would like to get from more, some more information from the both of you, where should they go to do that? We have a step-by-step guide that listeners can use to create open and honest discussions among their staff to dispel the myths and, and build toward the future, to get open communications going. They can get this free guide by going to www dot pam and dot com and so that's www.pamandwes.com and entering the email the report will come straight to them 
And then we are also including a thank you gift for listening to us and spending time with us. And we'll send you Wes's advice on how to spend just $10, not $10,000, for a millennial consultant. We'll be happy to send those gifts along to anybody who reaches out to us. Yeah, uh, Maddie, thanks again for uh, having the conversation with us today. Pam and I have spent a lot of time talking about these issues, and we really feel like uh, companies need to figure this out. I mean, the reality is it is an issue that we stated at the very beginning. You and I as millennials are frustrated about what the conversation that's been had in the past, and so we want to start a new conversation uh, that dispels these myths we talked about and then help companies uh, be productive and be profitable. Yeah, it was great to talk to you guys uh, to hear to hear your knowledge and to hear on this subject because, yeah, I'm sick of it. Hopefully uh, companies will just figure it out, listen to this and figure it out and uh, create a harmon- uh what's the word I'm looking for? Har- a harmonious working environment uh, for everybody of all generations. Whether or not that happens, I can dream. Uh, but uh, thanks, uh, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, for all things PSMJ, make sure to follow us on Twitter at PSMJ underscore resources. Uh, like us on Facebook. Give us five stars on iTunes. Um, but for now, thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you.